Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Clive Urquhart. Now, the word dedicate actually means to set apart. It means to consecrate. The word consecrate means to be a vessel or someone of honour or something of honour. And so this morning when the, the parents dedicate their children and when we pray together as a church family for these children and for the parents in the way they're going to bring their, their children up, uh, what they're doing is they're, they're basically, when they dedicate, they're saying to the Lord, we, we want to set our kids apart to be someone that honours you in their lives. And to be set apart is also to be set apart or to be consecrated for something holy. So God is holy. And we're going to unpack a little bit of that in a minute and try and demystify what does it mean to be holy? Because we think, no, you know, that's, that's beyond me. And it is in the natural uh, to be holy. But it says here to set apart and to consecrate for a holy purpose. Now, there's a well-known proverb. Uh, Proverbs 22 verse 6 that says train a child in the way that they should go and when he or she when they are old they will not depart from it now the word train there actually is not just train a child in the sense of train them and all of that it actually the word train there in in the Hebrew in Proverbs there actually means to to dedicate to set apart so the proverb there actually means dedicate your child, set your, part, your child apart in the way that they should go so that when they are older or as they grow older, they continue in that way so they do not depart from it. And <clears throat> the word, when it says set apart, it actually means to think and to act differently from the normal status quo, from the normal way that people think and act and to dedicate your child to set them apart to raise them to think and to act differently if you like from the way that the world generally thinks you see that's what God is saying about what it means to dedicate a child now it also means that when we know him when we have a relationship with him that we dedicate our lives then that means that we live set apart that means as a believer somebody that knows God and has a relationship with him that we then think differently and therefore we act differently than we did before we knew God but also we're aware that there are many different opinions, trains of thoughts, philosophies of life and all of that out in, 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 in the world and in the, like, the world that we live in. And God is very specific and particular that in order to know him, the one who is holy, then in order to know the one who is holy, your life or someone's life needs to be set apart set aside from the normal ways of life in order for then to come into a relationship with the one that is holy. Now, none of us can make ourselves holy. None of us can make ourselves acceptable to God uh, in, in that way. So to dedicate a child is to set them apart and to help them grow 
in a relationship with Jesus, to know him and then to be like him. Why do we talk in, in this language? Well, because God, as, as believers, we, we believe that, that God is the creator and that we have been created by him, that mankind is created. Now, in, in Genesis, some of you will know this. Maybe if you don't know Jesus, maybe some of you don't know this or you might have learned it at school or somewhere or other. At the beginning of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, the Bible says that God created man in his image. And God created man to be in relationship with him, to know him and therefore to be like him. And that was God's intention to be in relationship with man, with people, with you and I, in the context of relationship of love. Now, in a relationship of love is a two way thing. It's something that is reciprocated. So even though God is the creator and he creates people or mankind, he created mankind to know him. He knew in order to have a relationship of love, a two way relationship that is reciprocal then he knows that someone needs to have a will, a free will to choose whether they want to be in relationship with the one that has created them. And so <clears throat> free will gives you the ability to choose. Now, God knew that when he created man, and we talk about Adam and Eve at the beginning of the Bible, he knew that they needed to have the ability to choose whether they wanted to know him or not. Because we've said that love is reciprocal. Now, if you know the story, Garden of Eden, two trees. Uh, one of them was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. How did that get there? How did the tree of the knowledge of good and evil get there? If God is perfect and holy, he created mankind in his image to know him. And Adam and Eve had a, a relationship with God that was, there was nothing that was in the way that could separate them from him. So they were in this divine, if we can put it that way, relationship with God as, as this relationship of love. But this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, God put it there because he knew that Adam and Eve, mankind, would need to have the ability to choose whether they wanted to walk with him in obedience and know him in this relationship of love or actually have an, uh, the ability to choose their own way. Now, if you know the story, the serpent, which is known as the devil, uh, he came. Now, where did he come from? Because some of you say, well, hang on a minute. Where did the devil come from? Well, the devil is a fallen angel. He was, he, the devil, when you read the Bible, talks about he used to lead the worship in heaven. And he was the one that led the worship. And, and at some point, uh, when you, we, you read the Bible, that uh, the devil decided that instead of leading the worship and worshiping God, he wanted to be worshipped. And so he turned the attention away from God and onto himself. And at that moment, Jesus actually said, at that moment, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. When he turned the attention, when the, the, the Lucifer as he was, worshipping God, turned the attention on himself. And, and that's when he was thrown down to the earth and he was given dominion on earth. And therefore, there was the ability for man to then choose, do I want to follow God or not? And so the, the serpent came along in the form uh, or the devil came along in the form of a serpent, had this conversation with Adam and Eve. And in that context, they decided to 
they were deceived really initially, but they still chose to make a decision to act independently from God that then separated them from God because they ate a piece of fruit. And that separation in the Bible is called sin. Now, sin separates people from God. That's not a popular word in our culture these days, sin. People don't like that word. Nobody likes to be told that there's something that is not right in their life. Or there might be something that needs forgiving or correction or change or whatever. We, we get offended very easily in our modern day culture, don't we? Uh, when, when, you know, sin, there's something called sin. Well, you know, I don't like that. I don't like God. I don't like this, that and the other. Even if you know Jesus sometimes, it's like, well, I don't know if I really want to deal with that or face that or, or whatever. But because God is love and his nature is to love. In, to, to be a person of love, and because God's nature is love, he then acts justly. And so God wanted to deal with the sin, the separation that came in between mankind and God. Because of the, the decisions that Adam and Eve made, it brought a separation between mankind and God. No longer was there this oneness, this divine relationship with God. Now mankind was separated and therefore from that moment onwards, every person born is born with what the Bible talks about, a sin nature. You naturally sin. You naturally go against God, the one who created mankind. Now, God's heart and intention is for, that that would never stay like that. And he wanted to make it possible for mankind, for people like you and I, to be able to be back in relationship with him, the one that has created man, whose heart and intention is that you and I would know him in a relationship with him, to know him in his love and in his goodness. And because his nature is love, he had to act justly and to do something. And this is where Jesus comes in. God knew that in order for sin, which separated us from God, to be dealt with, there had to be an offering that that sin could be placed upon, not just sins, the thing that we do, but sin. The Bible talks about sin being a power, that there is the power of sin that separates us from God. And so God didn't just want to deal with sins. He wanted to deal with sin, the power of it that separates mankind, people from God. And so there needed to be a sacrifice, an offering where God could place the guilt of sin on something that was sinless so that that sinless offering would become sinful so that the power of sin over mankind could be broken so that the separation between mankind and God could be dealt with and instead of there being a wall of separation from man to God, that wall was broken that down, that wall be broken down so that man, people could then come back into relationship with God as their father, as the one that loves them, created them to know him. See, this is, this is the heart of God. This is the heart of the father for people. No matter what people have done, 
And so God came in the flesh. He came himself in Jesus. And the Bible says that Jesus, it was God made flesh. God became flesh in Jesus. And he humbled himself and became a person, a man just like us, tempted in every way as we are, yet he didn't sin. And so there came a point, which we call the cross, where on the way to the cross, Jesus was beaten, punched, his beard was ripped out, a crown of thorns was placed on his head, he was whipped. And there are different reasons why those things happen and what they represent in terms of what Jesus went through so that we could be healed, so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be restored to a relationship with God. And when he hung on the cross, when they put him up there on this cross, there was an amazing miracle that was taking place at that moment. Because at that moment, up until that point, the world was under God's judgment could never be forgiven or restored into a relationship with him. But God didn't want the world to stay under judgment and separation. And so in God's judgment, what he did, Jesus, the innocent, blameless, sinless offering, hung there, willing to become the sinful guilt offering so the sin of mankind could be put upon this sinless, guiltless offering to become guilty so that the power of sin could be broken. What a heart that God has for people. What a love that he has for people. God is outside time. So we, our brains can't get our heads around that. God is the same yesterday, today and forever. He's outside time. He knows every person that has lived, is living now and will ever live. He knows them already. He knows who they are. Their lives they live, the choices they've made, the response or not to him. Yet he still went through and put himself through the cross in Jesus to make it possible for every person to have relationship with him, to be restored to him, to know him. Many hate God. Many people say God doesn't exist. There are many different reasons, opinions out there about who God is what he should do or shouldn't do and all of that. But in the face of people hating him, not wanting him, people alive today, people that will are not yet born, that are going to live, that will say there is no God. Jesus went to the cross for every one of us, every person. Because his love is not based on whether we love him or hate him. His love is based on who he is. 
And in the face of hate, in the face of hurt and pain in people's lives, Jesus hung there on the cross. And even in that moment, he said this. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What was going on at that moment? The punishment that you and I deserve. Saying we don't need God. We don't want God. The punishment that we deserve for being sinners. That's not a popular statement either today. The punishment that we deserve as people was laid on him, was put upon Jesus on the cross. And in that moment, there was separation. Why have you forsaken me? He wasn't saying, I don't get it, I don't understand it. It was a cry from Jesus, willingly taking on the power of sin and the punishment of it on himself. And then moments later, he cried out, it is finished. It is finished. The power of sin was broken. The power of death, a few moments later, was going to be dealt with because Jesus didn't die because they hung him on the cross. The Bible says he gave up his spirit. Once sin had been dealt with, sickness had been dealt with, the Bible says he gave up his spirit and then he died. And at that moment, death was overcome because death did not kill Jesus. Sin did not kill him. Sickness did not kill him. The devil didn't kill him. The punishment didn't kill him. He won the victory, this miracle that happened on the cross. And in that moment, he said, it is finished. It is done. That's why three days later, he, could be, he came back to life because those things have been defeated. You see, this is the heart and the love of God for people. And then just quickly, there's a verse in, in the New Testament, the book of Ephesians. It says here, or the letter written to to the people who lived in Ephesus is Paul the Apostle who's writing this letter. He says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. He called us to be set apart. That's the word holy. That's what it means, to be set apart. Separated from ordinary or common use to be devoted to God. Someone made holy to be in relationship with God and chosen by him for special significance to him. And to be blameless, what does that mean? It means to have no defect, to be flawless and unblemished. Wow. It says he chose us. 
So God saw you and I, whether we know him or not at this moment, he saw you and I before the creation of the world. That's what the Bible says. And to choose somebody is a choice. To choose something, you think about the thing you're going to choose. And so God thought about you and I before we even be born, before even around. And, and he said, I choose you. I want you. I want you to be alive on the earth because I want you to know me. So every person that is alive, he's chosen to be alive. He says, I want you to be alive, but I want you to be alive to know me, to be in relationship with the one who creates you so that you can know me. That's amazing. So there's no mistakes in the room. There's no mistakes online. Nobody's here by mistake. You're here by choice. Because you're chosen to know him and he wants our reciprocation to say Jesus I want to know you God I want to know you the amazing thing about choosing is, is connected with adoption let's just pray in a moment you know when someone's adopted you're chosen you're called out. I want you to be part of my family. I want you to become part of my family. You're chosen. You're adopted. And that's what God says. He said, I, want, I choose you out of separation, out of not knowing me. And I choose you to be adopted, to come into my family, into relationship with me. But what it brings is a life that is set apart. A life that doesn't live according to the pattern of the world and the way things generally are out there. Because the pattern of the world's thinking is it denies God and its actions is to please self. Whereas to live set apart says, no, I want to know God and live to please him because I want to live a set apart life, a holy life, one that is dedicated to him. And that's what we're doing this morning with the, with the kids that are going to be prayed for in a minute is they're being set apart to live a life that knows God. You see, every, everybody has a, an opinion. Everybody has an agenda. Everybody has a view and an opinion on stuff. Everybody is raising their kids in relation to the worldview that they have. Everybody's doing it. Everybody, whether you know God or not, you are raising your kids. People raise their kids around what they think, what they believe, what they think life's all about, what they think is acceptable and not acceptable. Some people are raising their kids through the pain and the guilt of their own lives and expressing things in certain ways. That shapes our kids. And see, that's why God loves to heal people, loves to transform lives. So that how we live it's how he wants us to live, but how we then raise our kids is how he wants them to be raised. That honours him, glorifies him. In the way that they then live and affect other people's lives. Let's all stand together, shall we? It's 11 o'clock, another couple of minutes. We'll just be good to pray for a moment before we get into dedicating the children today. This morning, firstly, if you know God, just thank him for his unfailing love for you. His unfailing, everlasting love because of what he has already done, what you've received, what you're already living in, the good of it, the power of it. His forgiveness, his grace, his love, his goodness. He hasn't dealt with you, me, in the way that we deserve. Instead, he's just poured out his grace and his mercy on our lives. 
Maybe some of you here today, you don't know Jesus. Maybe some of you connecting into the stream today online at home, you don't know Jesus. And you've heard something about God the way he is. You thought, well, I never knew God was like that. I didn't know that God loved me. I didn't know that that's how he sees people. I don't know. I didn't realize that's what he's done for me, not just someone else, but for me. And maybe your response this morning is, I want to take a step towards God. I want to move towards him. I want to respond to him today. And the first part of that response is recognising I need God. I need him. Because all of us before God, we don't deserve him. None of us deserve God in ourselves. But yet, God in his mercy and his grace, in his love, when we respond to him and say, God, I need you. I need you to forgive me for sin, for the things that I've done, the way I've lived that are separated from you. I want you to forgive me all of that. Like wipe the slate clean. I want to begin a relationship with you. I want to move towards you, God. He, his response is immediate. And he comes and forgives sort stuff out in our lives, brings us into relationship with him. And if that's you this morning, the initial response to God is just literally to say, God, I need you. I need your forgiveness. But I want to know you. So, Father, I just pray right now for people here today online that don't know you. You work in every heart and life at this moment, people that don't know you. And, Father, I thank you that as people just respond to you and take at least initial step towards you today, saying, God, I want you, I need you, I need your forgiveness. Would you forgive me for the sin and the separation in my life? And I want to turn around, turn towards you, surrender my life to you. That's what it means to know God, to surrender everything to him. That's probably not a popular message either these days. But surrender, to yield everything to him. And if that's you this morning, I'd love to chat with you and pray with you afterwards. If you're in here, you want a conversation about that, please come and have a chat. I'd love to talk with you and pray with you. If you're online, there might be people you're with where you are that know God. If you don't, and you can talk with them. But also, if you're not and you're on your own and somehow you connected in with us this morning and you want to know more, just ping us an email, info at kingdomfaith.com. Say, hey, would you help me? Would you call me? Would you email me? And we'll get in touch with you and we'll talk with you and help you in whatever way that you need in terms of what is going on in your life at this moment. Father, we, I don't know, this morning, your response to the message, I know it's been more of a kind of simple, kind of gospel message, who God is and what he's done for us. Maybe just each of us in here afresh this morning saying, Father, I just want to dedicate myself afresh to you. I don't want to live in any way separated from you, just my own ways, my own thoughts, my own stuff. I just want to yield to you afresh today. Just want to bring my life under your lordship, my mind, my thinking, what's going on. I just yield afresh to you this morning. 
to your rule and reign, your lordship. And I want you to lead and guide every step of the way. I just yield afresh every step. I belong to you. You're mine and I am yours. And I thank you for your lordship. I thank you for your unfailing love. Jesus, I choose to exalt you afresh over my life, who you are, your lordship, your life and your love this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.